0: AEC Business, the construction industry's innovation and technology show.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the AEC Business podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Harry Majala, CEO and founder at GBuilder, a BIM-based construction collaboration platform. Harri, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Arne, for having me. Really excited to be here. It's actually quite funny to hear someone actually get the ad right.
1: So uh, I peeked into your LinkedIn profile and noticed that you have been involved in other businesses besides construction. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your background and what led you to where you are today?
0: Sure. Uh, I was actually born in Helsinki area in 1977, so that makes me old. Uh, but uh, I I was basically zero years old when I moved to Oulu, Northern Finland, and uh, basically grew up over here. I did spend a year in in US '94, uh, meaning that uh, as an exchange student after high school, and that's hence the American English. If you if you recognize that, uh, I think what led me to construction was the reason that our family had a construction company here in Northern Finland. So basically, I grew up at the construction site with my brothers. I think I was like 12, 13 when my dad took me first time to the site to work on during the summer. So that's basically where we spent all the summers. I actually have a degree in economics from Helsinki School of Economics. So I did try to escape the family business, but one thing led to another and I moved back to back to Oulu and uh, actually ran the company over a decade and founded G-Builder uh, during that time. Uh, i I'm not that active within that company anymore nowadays I'm doing G-Builder full time
1: I think that there are many of those technology company founders in in construction I have some sort of relation uh with construction the construction industry, which is i guess a good thing
0: Yes yeah, I, th- I think someone told me once that you know uh i was a real i also, i also have a degree in real estate program and one within the industry told me that in order to understand truly understand the industry, it's not enough that you come in with your selling shoes to the construction site. You really need to wear the, the hard hat and the safety boots for a certain time period in order to understand the industry. I keep saying people that, you know, there's other industries and there's construction and it is... Sh- Uh, I've been in finance, I've been in travel industry, and I I definitely (laughs) agree with that, that there's no other industry like construction. And that's one of the biggest reasons I think that most of the successful construction technology and property companies are founded by uh, people that have that inside knowledge, meaning they have the inside pain, knowledge of those pain points. And that's how you get those great ideas and are able to grow those businesses.
1: So, before we uh, talk more about your product, uh, GBuilder, um, I have a couple of sales related questions. So, so as, you, as you run a construction technology, co- co- technology company, and we always hear that the construction industry is conservative and it's slow to take in new technologies, how did you manage to get your first customers for GBuilder?
0: Our first customer was, of course, our own family construction company. So that's 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 the advantage that we had. So we actually were able to use that proof of concept, you know, fail and try it again and fail it again. Because you have to remember, we started developing GBuilder 2013 to solve my everyday problems, my everyday pain points, because you know, we wanted to solve that customer journey. I'll I'll, I'll have a more intro on the solution, probably later on. But that's how we started out, like solving our everyday pain points, problems. And it took us almost two years to come up with the the first viable version that we were able to sell to other other companies uh, within Finland. And basically, we just started going into these uh, events and just started calling the right people in right organizations. Uh, I think for us, it was a little bit easier to get into those meetings because uh, I was able to produce the, the background information being from construction, from within the industry. And that opened up the doors a little bit. And uh, as Finland is quite advanced, uh, advanced in, in digitalization in construction, uh, and we were coming in with the BIM angle at 2015 and it was a hot topic at that time so that also opened up the doors. So many times I do ask these uh, big customers the, the first first uh, big customers like um, YIT and Punava we had that why did they go with us in the first place because now looking back, back you know five six years back uh, the solution wasn't really that good looking or easy to use but I think the feedback from them was that they saw the long-term potential, and they saw the you know the the drive that we had, and the the special characters that the solution, the potential basically was the key that they wanted to try us out. Uh, I, I think that you know, and also a bit of luck. You can't succeed without luck.
1: We know that companies do experiments and pilot projects with new technologies, but unfortunately. Many of them are one of trials and they don't actually lead to uh, deployment. So how, how do you turn a pilot project into a permanent practice?
0: Yeah, I think uh, we have an internal saying that we never, never, ever sell pilots. We only sell first projects. If you say a pilot, you're not you're not really into focusing on getting that second project. And I keep telling the team that, you know, it's, it's not really that hard to get the pilot. It's you know not easy, but it's not that hard. But the hardest project, the most important project is the second one. And for us, I think the the, the key point for making successful first projects has always been the excellent customer success team. I mean, like we we put in so much extra work on that first project that we make sure that everything's top-notch, every email, every request is answered basically 24-7, especially in the early days. I mean, like, it was basically 24-7. We were there. I mean, like, uh, no matter weekends, if you send us a message, one of the founders would pick it up and uh, answer on that. Nowadays, I think... It's less on laying heavy on the customer success team. It's more now, luckily for us, transferred into the, the, the performance of the product. This meaning that uh, we're able to you know, prove the value of our product in, in, in the first project already so well that they see the potential. And the thing that has changed over the, the past five years, for sure, is that uh, the customers that we have now are really, really learning to buy solutions. So uh, I think we're going to dig into this more deeper uh, during this interview. But what I see now that in different markets and different stakeholders and different companies, they have what I call day one, two or three attitudes. Day one, meaning that they're solving their problems on a silo level and they're approaching, you know, these point solutions and getting you know multiple point solutions and then uh they start to develop their own processes and at the end they they know how to buy solutions and then when they know how to buy solutions they know how to validate the solution and they know how to recognize the added value in a short and long term that we can bring to them and that's why we see that uh our actually the the success rate getting the second project is extremely high i you know if the target group is right uh, i think we're close to 100 on that one
1: uh, so do you set any specific goals for the project so that we can measure the success against those goals yes
0: uh, i think few things that we always want to make sure that first of all like never give anything for free that's a death by pilots like ray Lewis said from black on ventures it, it was it's a good 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 way to point it out like never give anything for free because whatever you give for free they don't appreciate it so even a small amount of money would cover it but also make sure that there's commitment on the other side make sure that you have these obligations written down not just for you what you need to produce what you need to do but what the other side needs to do and if it's possible this is something that i Don't know how to emphasize too much is that find that champion within those organizations that will help you to sell within the organization Uh, we target medium and large size companies so if you build hundreds of homes a year uh, you're definitely our you know ideal customer and uh, we see so many times that you know we are able to sell uh, to the higher management, the cios, the CEOs the CX uh, managers, and so on, but that 's only the first part of the sales when you get the signatures, then you really have to start selling to the different silos and different stakeholders within that company and for that it 's really crucial to have kind of like a well champion is still the best word a champion within that uh, target organization to support your sales efforts internally so Adding champion, adding applications, responsibilities, making sure that there's at least some level of uh, financial and resource investment from the target company. And then always, always put that extra mile. I mean, I cannot emphasize that more enough that uh, especially in the industry where people are reluctant to change and change is scary for so many reasons that we could have another podcast on that. But, you know, you have to be there really close, really, uh, you know, help them and guide them through. Be proactive rather than reactive.
1: Well, on your website, you say that GBuilder is a BIM compatible customer journey management platform for property developers. So what is the
0: problem that you help solve? Um, like I said, we started out to solve our everyday problems. And I also mentioned this uh, day one, two and three. So meaning that I I was struggling with our home buyers, the tenants, the investors that we were building homes to, and uh, it's really easy to make those promises, saying that okay, you can do that, you can do that, and this is how things are going, and so on. But then when you actually have to deliver on that promise, then it gets tricky. And 2012 13, I was scouring the net to you know find uh, you know different solutions and uh, different ways to solve my problems because I was basically using SMS, w- the WhatsApp hasn't wasn't even invented by then, so it was SMS, emails, paint, uh, you know, basically Excel, is and Excel as we say it. And uh, what I found from the internet was that there's one solution for your visualization, one for communication, one for sharing attachments, one for you know, uh, well, even beam creation and one for configuration and uh, one for that and one for the snacking and so on. So there's like even a company that builds a little bit over 50 homes a year. It was like I would have had to uh, apply, you know, uh, purchase like 10 to 20 different solutions. And I'm pretty sure because I didn't know what an API was at that time. So I'm pretty sure they didn't either. So these solutions would not talk to each other. So basically, what I was doing was putting that uh, pink, uh, you know, the 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 sugar coating on a on a pig. I don't know how to say that. You know, like I was just putting a pole bow on the bow on the on the on the, the problem that I was having. I was digitalizing the silos that we had. So I was basically not solving the the real problem. I was just trying to treat the symptoms, so to speak. So what we solve for our customer is that we make sure that anything related to that end user, the home buyer, the customer, we can manage all those related processes. And when we say that we are BIM compatible, it means that we are able to create or enhance existing BIM models to support that process. From the first point of contact, when they come to your website, throughout the configuration and the purchase decision, and especially throughout the construction period and warranty period. So make sure we're breaking down the silos. I think that's the best way I can I can describe for uh, people that don't really haven't been involved with the with the residential new build process, how to manage uh, the customers and any any pro- uh, uh, related processes.
1: So you have the construction company uh, on one side and the home buyer on the other side. So, so can can you give us an example how 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 your system works and serves these po- both parties?
0: Uh, we actually have identified uh, multiple stakeholders. It's not just the the builder or the developer, but it's also the subcontractors, material providers, the after marketing team, and um, whatever stakeholders you might have there. But I think like, if I want to narrow down down like a few examples, and I always use the word common language, because uh, in order to have everybody working on the same common data environment and to be able to talk the same language, we have to create a common language. And that's where the BIM comes in. So let's take the first, one of the most crucial stakeholder, the one that has been left out uh, in historically from the building process, is the one paying the bills. So the home buyer, uh, for them, the common language and uh, our solution would look like a very nice looking user interface where they can interact with the, the, the customer success team or even with the construction site. They can view all the materials they're getting. They can ask for offers, they can uh, see the attachments, they can upload pictures and attachments. And one of the coolest thing is that we're able to create out of every home built, a hd level uh, 3d visualization that is linked to the database it's based on the bim so they can configure it they can walk around they can decorate it and they can basically design their home at the the comfort of their own couch so that's the one of the key stakeholders in in our pros uh, platform then for the customer success team and the developers is looking like, uh, again, one window uh, solution for them where they're able to manage not just the customer-facing processes like pricing and material offerings and packages, themes, communications, upsells, uh, communication, attachment sharing, and so on, but they're able to push that information in real time, being based downstream to the construction site where the site manages uh, subcontractors, and material providers have access to it. So for the construction site, one of the biggest uh, added value we know and uh, we get a lot of good feedback is bill of quantities and bill of materials. So when the end user, the home buyer or the customer success team is updating those material details and pricing details and whatever have you there, those are updated in real time into the procurement and the bill of quantity printouts. So the site, manager has real-time access to, let's say you're building 100 homes, you know exactly how many square meters of painted wall, how many interior doors, how many doorknobs you have in your kitchen, how many square meters of tiled floor or uh, wall you have, and so on and so on. And you know exactly in which apartment or which room or which wall or which floor has that material. And you're able to print that out in, in a matter of seconds from the system. And of course, push it back and forth to external uh, um, uh, solutions that you might have. So those are, I think, like, uh, as you probably already figured out, there's a lot of other features that we do based on the BIM. But the common language based on the BIM, it looks a little bit different for the all stakeholders, but it's always there underneath that uh, process. And uh, those were the, basically the, the biggest uh, added value I think we are able to produce.
1: So, you're taking the process that is typically uh, really difficult, the the so-called buyer changes or customer changes. (laughs) You are are turning those into configurations.
0: Yeah, I I, I hate to use the word car configurator because basically cars are identical, but, you know, for us, it's like car configurator 2.0. But I also want to emphasize that configuration is not just, uh, you know, if you talk about customer journey and you know shopping experience and, and the and the customer experience in general, it's not just the configuration, but we do acknowledge that that's one of the key points for us because that's the the point of entry for that information that is needed throughout the construction project and beyond, of course. But yeah, basically we're able to visualize that heavily manual and siloed process in a cool way.
1: So BIM is really. An important uh central thing source of data for you um and i i have no i discussed with others who also use beams that the quality of beams that you got from designers is not always optimal what's your experience on that
0: yeah i think uh that's that's uh, one way to put it for sure. Uh, I think we're really ambitious that we're trying and we are educating. That's kind of a bold statement, so I hope no one gets offended. But we're trying to educate the architects and our customers through our customers and uh, you know their architects on how the BIM, the, the IFC should be created. And you're absolutely right that uh, most of the BIMs are incomplete. And I think it, it, it comes down to a few factors. One is you know, cost, you know, for, for to create a perfect BIM all the way to the, the fit out BIM, it's really expensive and time consuming. And to maintain that it's, it's, it's a challenge. The second part is that uh, it's also like practical part is that you don't really know at the time of uh, when you put in the permit, like what kind of cabinets you're going to have or what's the finishing materials look like. And you will end up having some changes along along the way before you actually start building it, even between the permit and the building process. And I I think the third one, one of the biggest one is that there's no standard way of doing BIMs. So everybody everybody does it a little bit differently. I remember I had a small argument with our own architect when 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 uh, I was trying to explain her like how I wanted the BIM to be. And she told me that there's two ways to do the BIM. And I, I got a little, little mad, not bad, mad, but you know, and I said like, yes, the right and wrong way. <laughs> so needless to say, we didn't get the perfect BIM from her at that time, but uh, I think I learned a lot with working with them, uh, with her also on on this BIM model. Uh, for us, that was obvious. You know, 2013 when someone uh, you know introduced me to the BIM, and I saw. Uh, I keep saying that holy moly, that's what I said. That mm-hmm. we really need to get on this BIM BIM train because I think everybody's going to jump onto it. But uh, I think I uh, overestimated how fast the industry can change. It's now what is it, eight nine years later first time I met BIM, the things are now moving nicely forward, but we're still way off that. So for us, we, we solve that problem by uh, integrating GAT solution into our solution. So we're able to either create the, the FFE BIM from the, the DVG files, and we can do that in a matter of tens of minutes rather than hours. There's some automation, some manual work to This is a secret sauce that we have. But also we're able to take in even those incomplete IFC files we're testing that now that we're able to take those in and use the geometry meaning that we're able to take the project structure and the GUIDs and the geometry uh meaning the the openings the doors the windows and so on and then it's really easy on our part going to the secret source where we have a production team and then automation and some we're looking to the machine learning also that we're able to fill in those caps like uh meaning like uh, coverings and the zones and, you know, really finalize and make that project look like a, like a final product. We're also looking into the possibilities uh, to create like certain set of rules that maybe provider like solid uh, model checker could could be, uh, you know, used to double check that the IFCs they're creating, uh, the architects are creating would be a match for our platform. But I, my, my honest opinion is that we're still years away from the, uh, for not just for the, you know, the, the way people are using and creating IFCs, but like I said, for uh, other practical reasons that we would be able to get this perfect beams. So that gives us a huge uh, competitive advantage over anyone within, the, within our space that we're able to create those down to the kitchen doorknob beams in, in a matter of tens of minutes. So when you talk to
1: a new customer, what are your biggest selling points?
0: It always depends who you talk to. I think this is a, as you probably already figured out, that we're we're definitely not a point solution. So we're serving quite many stakeholders within the value chain, from the you know first point of contact all the way to the warranty and beyond. So I think we have identified like if we are talking to the chief information officer, of course our value added points would be the integration, the the high quality data that we're able to push out. Uh, the standardization of processes and material management and then you know uh, single sign services so really when you serve medium or large size companies enterprises you really need to be able to integrate and be part of that ecosystem rather than try to push out the those guys but then if you go to the BIM guys uh, I think BIM guys really like the fact that we are able to you know, the, one of the big problems with the BIM is that it's only sticking at the office. You know, the BIM department is the only one really using it. But now with uh, with Jeeble, we are able to, you know, kind of push that BIM into everyone's hand, even without them knowing that they are actually working on the BIM. Again, going to the common language, that it looks a little bit different for everyone, even though it's the BIM underneath everything. And for, of course, for like customer experience and uh, the sales department that, we're the only one who can provide HD level 3D visualizations which is becoming a trend like it's been so many years now that we are using these like example pictures of kitchen and living rooms with limited possibilities to do the configurations now we're able thanks to unity render streaming uh, technology we're able to provide each and every home as a, a individual real-time 3D model meaning that uh, you're able to really really push that um, marketing experience the, the when the people are visiting your site to another level. So as you probably already figured out also that it's not the easiest one to sell because you have so many stakeholders that you want to participate in the process but uh, I think that's we have traction so I think we're, we're learning but we already know how to do it. I think that's one way to put it.
1: Yeah I think that is a really typical uh, challenge for companies who are Selling context solution that there the cust there are so many customers in in fact to whom you have to to sell, um, but what have have been the biggest challenges in developing GBuilder? I mean, technologically, perhaps.
0: Uh, first of all, I think anyone from Finland knows where Oulu is, so it's like north of Finland, and uh, anyone who if you know know where Finland is, that's north also. So. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere over here and the the resources, the funding and everything is quite, quite limited. So luckily I was naive and stupid enough in 2013 that I didn't believe the VCs when they said that you're doing too much, you know, find that one problem and solve that because I knew down to my heart that, you know, it's not the problems that that would be solving symptoms rather than the problem. So we took on this uh, massive journey without realizing how big of a journey it was. And uh, I think that's been the challenge that you really needed to kind of uh, come out with a holistic enough solution with some limitations. So it's, it was a really tricky game in the beginning to be sure that you're really using your re- uh, limited resources to develop the needed uh, features on the, on the platform. Nowadays, we have a team of 20 developers and we got funded, so it's a little bit easier now. But even though I think uh, someone, one of the yeah, it was one of the founders of PlantGrid said that even though they had 100 million ARR, they were still running late on uh, development because everybody was so stuck with the requests and uh, you know new features and so on. I, I think like in the beginning it was uh, just to show, uh, summarize a bit. In the beginning it was to make sure that you're using your really limited resources. To be able to create that holistic approach and really bring added value to all stakeholders, even with the limited set of features. Nowadays, that now uh, everybody's getting more awake, so to speak, and learning how to buy and identify the, the problems and the pain points that need solving, we get a lot of requests for features and integrations, which are more easy to manage with the tech team that we have, but still, it's always a a struggle to know how to prioritize the right, right uh, requests and features that you don't end up uh, doing wrong things. Uh,
1: you can always tailor uh, solutions for each customer separately, but that, as we know, that's really going to end up in a mess. So, so in fact, you have to to develop the whole the, the product in a holistic way so that every customer can use it, not just for one. Particular customer, but uh, how much how how productized can you make your product? How how generic uh, or how specific can it be?
0: I, I think for even from day one, uh, I have a degree in economics and I come from construction, so I knew nothing about running an IT company. So it was uh, it was a learning curve. Luckily, uh, one of my friends, Mark they Joined the board and as an angel investor, and he he's a long career decades in IT, and he told me that do not do customization, don't don't you know uh, remain, uh, make sure that you only have one product, and you don't have to you know support one for that customer, one for that customer, so on. So that's a, that's a, uh, especially when you take into account that the construction industry is willing to digitalize, but they're not that willing to change the way things are done. So what we are doing, we're basically digitizing so many times, not digitalizing. You know the difference. You know, we're just putting stuff in a, a digital format rather than, you know, making the process uh, uh, processes and uh, related processes uh, digital, digital, less manual. So this has been a really, really how would I say hats off to the dev team the product team meaning that we've been able to manage all those well not all but like most of them maturity of those requests and special needs from our customers with uh, creating certain parts especially customer facing and the printouts and so on as flexible as possible and as customizable as possible we're definitely a wide level I mean like more than half of the, the build-to-sell units in Finland are coming to our platform by the end of this year. And I'm pretty sure no one knows. It's, well, most of the people don't know it that they're actually configuring their home and communicating uh, to the builders and developers on Gbuilder. So it's very much looking like the builders and developers uh, with the brand and text and everything. So that's been one of the key things to manage that.
1: You started up in Finland, but
0: what are your plans for other markets? We have now customers in 10 markets, uh, mostly Europe and also in the Middle East. And uh, we raised some uh, funding last year, about a year ago, from from a German-slash-UK investor, uh, Sustainable uh, Future Ventures, uh, which is basically a Patricia uh, from Germany. And then the other one is the, the, the lead investors, Amavi Capital from Belgium, with uh, industry insiders as the LPs and uh, managing directors. So, so we, we really have been pushing that uh, even with the corona, you know, we've been pushing to expand uh, internationally. We opened offices in Stockholm and in London and Brussels, and we're now uh, opening an office in, in Germany in, in coming months. And uh, I think uh, this is a uh, interesting times. I think Corona really woke everybody up in the in the construction. Rather than thinking digitalization is something of a nice to have, they actually are now are really really thinking of it like must have because you you have certain situations where you're not able to meet the people in person. The manual, manual work is really high. You, you know, the risk of manual work-related mistakes is even higher now. And there's a lot of people getting, you know, sick and so on. So uh, being being a home of being away. So that means that you're not able to, you know, most likely get that information uh, to the hands of the right people and stakeholders. So that being said, it's still different levels of uh, Digitalization, different level of a beam adaptation, different way of uh, how would I say treating customers, or how is your relationship with your customers and the experience you want to offer them? And that varies so much between each market. So it's going to be an interesting year to kind of tweak the solution to meet those needs and market uh, requirements, but also try to create that momentum where our customers are willing to change their mindset and push faster into the into the digitalization and really putting that uh, customer journey into the center of that uh, process so harry
1: thanks for this opportunity to learn about you your thoughts and your product and i look forward to chatting with you again soon
0: thank you so much for having me and uh I look forward to the next podcast. Hopefully, we'll catch up in coming months with the big news. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this podcast and visit aec-business.com, the award-winning blog, for more news and stories.